the nerds take over. Us? Huh? Welcome to Nerdables episode 169. This week we're discussing everything from Marvel's Black Panther and the crew to Logan. <laughs> There's a one in front of it. It doesn't count. And we go from Power Rangers to Powerless. And Sony may be selling their film and television divisions. Dude. Oh. And Ethan's going to yeah. punch a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Punch Nazis. Punch them. Punch. Yeah. Nine. <laughs> Nine. Nine. You're going to punch nine Nazis. I'll punch more than that. Powerless. (laughs) Powerless. So. So. Marvel announced Black Panther and crew is going to be an ongoing series. Because they need another one. For some reason. Well, I mean, the team is going to be. It's going to be Black Panther, Storm, Luke Cage, Misty Knight, and Manifold. And it's going to be set in Harlem. They're going to have a car part in the part of theirs? Yes. Yeah, man, it, my goodness. It just, yes. The manifolds, man. I don't know. Luke Cage will throw the manifold. Ah, there we go. That makes and we'll, we'll have a new, uh, oh shit, I just forgot the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the Colossus Wolverine name. Hold on, let him, just let him let It's, him go um, something special. Um, oh, it's something special, all right. <laughs> I want to say Midnight Special, but I know it's not Midnight Special. That might be the Midnight Special. That should be the Midnight Special. I love how this joke has just gone south so quick. No, it's, it's, no, it's stayed in north, you know. You don't want to go on. south with this crew. Hold on. Um, um, fastball Special. There we go. The fastball, it's going to be quick, the new. Quick, who the constructor cons make? <laughs> Devastator. Hey, never Can't forget, forget that. that one. You'll never forget that for the rest of your life. That was I thought a your brain was going to have an aneurysm on the way home. That was a long car ride. <laughs> I mean, my head, really, you could see... The weird YouTube mixer, the girl that was sort of hitting on me, but wasn't. It was very odd. I don't remember who you were talking to. And then just weird people all over the place, and then going home, and somehow talking about Transformers. And the constructor comes, form, and watch Rich just lose everything. <laughs> his brain seeping out of his ears. Ah, and you remember, like, all the other ones. Like, yeah, none, none of the names I knew. Like, who are the Predacons for? I have no idea. Rich knows, knows it all the way. I knew each one of the constructed cons, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I couldn't get the name of the combination. Um, so what do you think about this combination? Who's writing it? It is being written by uh, Coates and Harvey. And will be... Sounds like a Geist new buddy cop. Finish doing the Coates uh, and Harvey. feature art. Who is it? Uh, but is it Geist or Goose or Juice? Juice? Yep. I think some people say Geist. I've always said Juice. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, third title based on Black Panther. Well, this unless is, they cancel unless they cancel World of Wakanda. This is going to spin out of Black Panther seven and eight. Yeah, but they're not going to they're not going to cancel Black Panther. No. Here's here's my thing. Tahiti Coates. Great, except. Black Panther's been consistently late, and he said it's his fault. Oh, really? Yeah. So now he's writing some, and he's doing World of Wakanda. Oh, wow. And now he wants to do this. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not. won't see these on time either. Well, that's the thing is, it, it's it's Marvel's at a spot in which retailers have started talking about oversaturation. Yeah. And Marvel's one of the parts. You have retailers talking about having 
a thousand line items in their order form for 30 titles because of the number of variants and stuff, and they're publishing 60 titles a month. Mm-hmm. And then they're also they're like 2,000 Captain Marvel's items. getting ready to be published, too. Captain Marvel already started. Captain Marvel started this week. No, no, no. Is, is, it, what, is it Captain Marvel? Is it just Captain Marvel? Is it Captain Marvel? No, it's Captain Marvel. Okay. It's just Captain Marvel. Um, so you... I mean, there's, there's just titles everywhere. and Every week, you'd have a new title. They're doing books, Slapstick, Solo, Gamora, Star-Lord, Rocket, and mm-hmm. Guardians all exist. Right. Um, and it's not that they're bad titles. Like, Gamora's actually fantastic, because Chichetto does the art. And Rocket's actually a lot of fun. But it's hard to get fans to go, like, well, if you're buying Guardians, you got to buy all the rest of these. Well, you don't have to, but... It's there, but like if you're a fan of Guardians, you got to now make choices instead mm-hmm. of just there's a Guardians book, there's a Cap book, there's two Captain Americas, there's two Spider Men, there's four different types of Spider, female Spider, yeah, there's Spider Woman, which is an amazing title by the way. Yeah, Spider. You're not reading Dennis Hopeless's uh, Spider Woman after um, after it's five and after the first four, the Spider Verse stuff with Greg Land doing the art, it's terrible. Uh, but if you pick it up a five where she changes the costume, it's been a fantastic story. Just Spider Gwen, Silk. I want to say this one more. Isn't there a team up with the with the women? No, that was a crossover. That they oh, did. okay. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, you've got seven Spider books. If you're gonna throw in Venom and Spider Man 2099, which for some reason is still going, and you're like seven or eight Spider books. Hmm. You have, I mean, this is what people. No, also, Clone Conspiracy is still out. Well, yeah, but that's a. I'm not gonna count an event. These are ongoing. Okay. I mean, in terms of an ongoing, there's seven ongoing Spider-Man books. That's the thing. You have something like Clone Conspiracy on top of people that are reading four or five Spider-Man titles. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously an important event because, as everything does, it changes the life of Peter Parker forever. Um, and again, it's not even that it's, it's... I'm not saying it's bad. This isn't even a, a, a criticism of the quality of the work. It's just there's so much that nobody can keep up with it. And when they get to that point, they just drop all of it. Well, what do you think about Coates saying that the initial story is going to focus on what happens after an activist dies while in police custody, but he said the, the story is going to be basically pulled out of today's headlines. It's going to be Black Lives Matter. In a, you know, well, in a way, was... they tried to do this with Al Ewing's Captain America and Captain America and the Mighty Avengers. Yeah. Um, a book that I read the first issue. It was okay. Again, it was a largely... Uh, black team and i'm going to say black simply because african-americans incorrect because two of them were were wakandan right um and it's just a book that i'm reading going i don't know if this book is for me mm-hmm. and it's not as bad al ewing's ultimates is amazing his new avengers is incredible right i've loved all of it um u.s avengers right now that he's doing is really really good but for some reason that that first captain america and the Mighty Avengers, which was Sam Wilson and both Power Man, you know, it was like the new Power Man. Uh, I think Misty was on that team too. Um, a couple other characters. And it just didn't do anything. It's just it's saturation and saturation. Well, saturation. that's what I was going to say. Is this? But is it saturation sake for the the sake of being more diverse, or is this playing off of the success of Netflix's Luke Cage and Black Panther being in Civil War and getting its own movie, getting both. its own movie soon? I really think it is. It's just a matter of them trying to play off the popularity of the movies and the TV shows. Well, is, it, is are people really clamoring for more Black Panther? And if you, right. the, what you'd look at is the numbers of the World of Wakanda book. If that book isn't doing well, then people might not be clamoring for as much Black Panther as you think. Black Panther itself was a huge book, 
it was a huge book for people that weren't reading comics on a regular basis because mm-hmm. um, Coates is a very active writer in the African-American community and a wonderful writer at that. And Black Panther is a good book that's got – it's extremely complex, and it deals with these, these types of issues within Wakanda. Um, so it's a bit of a mirror. This just sounds like a more direct approach. Is it anything to do with trying to bring more of a – of an African American demographic into well, reading comics, they've all been Marvel admitted. I, I don't, I don't want to misquote. So I, I could be wrong, but I seem to remember reading the article where, if it wasn't Axel Alonso, it was someone in that editorial chain that said that they are not necessarily agendizing, but they're definitely not, not agendizing. Right. They're, they're definitely trying to make more books that feature um, minorities, uh, feature women, mm-hmm. that type, and. Again, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going, oh, give me back all my white superheroes. But when you're doing it just for the sake of doing it versus the popularity of it, something like Miss Marvel that you may have started for that but became so popular. Spider-Gwen, there was no way she wasn't getting a series after Spider-Verse. She proved to be the most popular character there. Uh, Black Panther spinning off into his own title. He's had his own title a number of times before. Right. So that wasn't a big stretch. Uh, having Sam Wilson as Captain America... Despite Rich not wanting him to be. Hey, I just didn't uh, like the story being used over. Uh, but he was a natural choice con- considering the other people that had already held the shield. No, and that's very true. So that's and I have it, to it wasn't it wasn't that, that Sam was black. It was simply <laughs> Sam is the best friend who's never held the shield. Right. Nomad had had it. Bucky had had it. Everyone else had had a chance to be Captain America, so it made sense for Sam, who and, just happened to be African American. Yeah, and, and I have to, I have to admit, the story has been really well done. It wasn't just a rehashing of here, let's put the shield on somebody else. Yeah, because you can mm-hmm. fly. But no, they did it. They've done a really well, a really good job with it. Um. So I mean, I mean, as far as as this goes, do you like the idea of, uh? Hitting some of the the topics that are 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 not necessarily important, but affecting the urban community. Oh no, they're important. It's just are are you going to are you going to you know try to tackle those from you know in a in a comic book? Is that, right. Is, is, that it, is it going to be a political book, or is it going to be? I mean, Marvel. I mean, because Marvel does have a tendency sometimes to be very political. Well, it's not a tendency anymore. I mean, it's just there. Yeah. I mean, it's a part of it's a part of their. And look, Marvel's always been one that's held that kind of thing. The X Men have always been allegories for anyone, any group that's been marginalized, whether it's sexual orientation, whether it's handicapped, whether it's uh, uh, gender, mm-hmm. religion. That's always been an allegory for it. They just decided, as they kind of kept going forward, going well, we'll just throw the allegory out. Right. And now it's become, we'll just, you know, pass these things straight on. But there is kind of a point where it's just, you just kind of go, kind of kind of miss people, people just punching each other because someone wanted to take over the world and the other person wanted to stop him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to, to kind of go through. Uh, Arrow is going to come, uh, Green Arrow and DC is trying to go through this type of stuff now. With Seattle, there's a big kind of push through it and this type of stuff for um, police brutality and what have you. And you're reading it and going... Yeah, but it's also, like, it's hard to have Ollie go, the police need to be stopped from hurting people, and they need to stop hurting people, but I also shoot people with arrows. So, like, where where am I in the middle of this? So it's just, I don't know. If it's done really well, it's done well. Coates is a, is a good writer, so maybe it, it isn't anything that excites me at all. Do you think, since we're talking about it right now, do you think that Marvel will be 
more inclined or less inclined to do political type issues now that Trump's in office and Trump has already reached out to Marvel. Oh no, they're they're gonna. It's gonna be four years of president bashing. You think so? Oh yeah, they did the same thing with. with even George even Trump. with Marvel's. Uh, uh, was it uh, chief chief executive officer? Doesn't matter. The chief executive officer isn't. It's, he's not in charge of content. You're right. He's, and he's not. He, if you're successful, he's not going to sit there and go, stop doing what you're doing. Sure. Okay. Just just make everything. No, that's that's not good. You're going to have four years of expect, expect a lot of Marvel's terrible. They loses. I hate the books. Tweets because he's going <laughs> to. They did it with George W. Bush. I mean, yeah. It was he was front and center in a couple of you know things. Ultimates. He was the president. Right. Uh, during the, the second part of the Ultimates run or whatever. But didn't it die out after uh, um, 9-11? Didn't they no, 9-11 started. It, it was after. Was it after? Okay. Yeah. Well, he was president in 2000. Oh, that's true. That's right. He was. He had been in office for a year and a half that's when right. 9-11 happened. So, it feels like he was in office so much longer. No. But that's the thing. Is once, once, that, once the tide turned in the second, uh, the second term, there was a lot of that kind of yeah. stuff in, in those books. So, and... You saw, I mean, Obama was obviously president in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, he was on the cover. Because he was on the cover of Amazing Spider-Man, and they used his likeness all the time. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Rather than do the, the, um, you know, come up with a character to be president. Like they used to. Like Ellis. Yeah, you know, or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I had Alice ready. I mean, even now in in the uh, cinematic universe, Alice is president. Um, speaking of cinematic universes, Logan, the new trailer, or they say it's the final trailer, dropped. Seen it. You haven't? Nope, I won't see it either. It's really good. The second one either. I don't want to see it. You haven't seen it either. No. Have you seen it? I have absolutely no interest in seeing it. I already, I've already had enough people tell me enough about it. I'm like, I don't want to know any of this. I don't want to see any of this. Do you know when it's set? Yeah, because the quotes were in there, and I'm just like, this is all stuff that I'd rather find out on the screen. This is what I hate. Right. This is exactly what I, You have a director, a, a producer, a, an actor, whatever, going, well, here's exactly what it's about. And this is the, Why couldn't we find that out in the movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, really, why couldn't we find that? There's it, a whole article that they, yeah, they literally it lay, broke down. It lays everything, and it's, mm-hmm. it's another universe. And I'm like, this is all stuff that would have been a hell of a lot more fun to find out on the screen. Yeah. Is, is the thing. Because now, you're going to sit here and watch a film in which most of the information is already known to you. This is Iron Man 3 with extremists. If you were a fan of the comics, then you're watching the movie knowing three quarters of the movie. Sure. You know what the what the background is. Mm-hmm. So you're watching it going, this is all info I know. I don't need any of this. Right. So now with everything kind of laid out, it's sort of great. I, I would have been fun to find out, like, oh, you know, put those pieces together yeah. kind of on your own mm-hmm. instead of having it laid out to you. This is this – is, this, I mean, if, if, if when you say laid out, it was very yeah. detailed. This is if J.J. Abrams laid out exactly what would happen in, in episode seven, yeah. rather than letting the trailer speak for itself and having us try to take those pieces and put together what we think would happen. And then, yes, we were close, but at least it was fun as you discovered it, rather than him coming out and saying, okay, so the resistance is this fringe group and Leia's in charge of it. And BB-8 has the map to Skywalker. And Skywalker's and not in it He's not in it. And Poe's going to take care of him. And then Finn, he's this old stormtrooper who's taken over. And he's going to the other side. And Han Solo shows up out of nowhere. And Kylo Ren is Han's son. And then there's a lightsaber duel. And then the planet blows up. We forgot Han dying. Whoops. Yeah, that was the only thing you wouldn't have said. Yeah. And so, again, it's just this, this information age is mm. killing yeah. entertainment. 
No, I, I, the funny thing is, I, I kind of I looked over it because I, you know, I had it in here just in case we wanted to talk about it. But I feel, I also feel like it's because so many people are now used to getting instant gratification mm-hmm. that that's what it is. Because there was a forum I was reading on re- regarding the Power Rangers movie, and people are like, um, for people that don't know, the trailer just dropped like a couple days ago. Yeah. Like that's, yesterday. Ne- that's next on the yeah. topic list. But um, but on this forum, everybody was like. So, do you think we're going to get another trailer, like Super Bowl? Super Bowl, yeah. You think, you know, is there going to be, is, are they going to show us more stuff? No. And I was like, but see, here's the thing the now. Thing? No. With these <laughs> movies, they say, like, like with uh, Logan, this is the final trailer. Yes, it's the final trailer, but it's not going to be the final time you get extra footage because they'll be, they'll run 50 right. TV ads that will have all kinds of different things. Like Rogue One had what two trailers, yeah. but. It had, if you took all the content that they released for TV and everything else, you had probably 10 minutes worth of footage. Yeah. And it spoiled the ghost in it. But that's the thing I'm saying is like, I that's think it's I because it. people are so like clamoring for this like information about it's, this movie. They can't I, wait I, I don't for it to come it. out. I don't understand They the want mentality. to see it right now. That's the, I don't understand the mentality of knowing... I find with a, a lot of people they don't want to spend the time to figure out the story. Right. Yeah. I talk about a lot of five doesn't, of... It doesn't mean I, I can't I guess I'm old or I'm stupid or something. Like figuring out the story as it displays in front of you on the screen is much more enjoyable to mm-hmm. me than yeah. having a director tell you what everything is yeah. beforehand. Like what what I don't It takes when it opens into... it's that it's that opening going, Who's that guy? What is that guy doing? What? And it's just like, shut up and watch the goddamn movie. I got on a. F- They're I got going on a... to explain it to you. Look, yes, if you get to the end of the movie, going, I don't, I don't, I don't know who the guy in the green suit was. I don't know what he meant. That's yeah. a failure of the movie. Yes, I get that. When you have to have a movie explain itself afterwards to get basic plot points, you know, in terms <laughs> Zack of Zack Snyder, Super, Super, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the difference between <laughs> Batman versus Superman versus uh, Episode Seven, where there were some pieces where we had some questions and. Uh, extra material through the visual dictionary, through the book, through whatever, explain some more of it, but it wasn't absolutely necessary. Right. We knew the planet was important that blew up. Right. We knew that the Republic, they were striking something that was important to the Republic. Right. Yes, they probably should have had a line like, the Senate's gone, it's been destroyed on, mm-hmm. on the planet it's on. But we knew, or R2 knew the waking basics. up for no reason. You need, you know. Well, you knew that that was going to be the point where he felt it or whatever. Yeah, but he, yeah, that's a Dusik Machina. That isn't an explanation of the plot. That to right. me, that's not a part of the plot. Right. Exactly. R2. The plot is that R2 has the rest of the map. Yes, because he has. He never has to been... wait. Yeah, he has to wait until he wakes up. Yes. Almost a sense. You know, there was a lot of extrapolation from it. Of he wouldn't wake up until the the piece would be sending out a signal of this time to wake up. Right. So he wouldn't have like run out of power or been rebooted or anything or re reprogrammed. Yeah, no one, or no one could reprogram. No one could turn him on to the point where they could pull that information out. Right. Whatever, whatever you want to do. The, you know the 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 scene with the the riot trooper. Yeah. You don't need to know the backstory. All you know is the riot trooper who sees the sees a guy and goes, "That guy's a traitor." Yeah. And I'm gonna fight you, and it's gonna but look. But the cool awesome. thing about that one is because <laughs> of the ambiguity ambiguity of the of the. Uh, of the character, they have come back and given him a backstory. Well, that backstory was already there. That that, that novel was published right there. No, no. The, the the novellas that have the three of them before yeah. before the Force Awakens that was released within weeks. That was written months okay. before it. It was he was always meant to be that character. But again, 
if you're like us where you want to dive deeper into it, right. that's awesome. If you're a mainstream fan, you don't need to know that. Right. But mm-hmm. see, I, I've gotten into arguments with, the fi- with some of the 501st members and some of the R2 builders on the forums about wanting to know not the 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 wanting to go into the theater knowing everything already and i'm like why and it's just like because i want to know it i have to know what's going to happen before i can see it and i'm like but if you have to know it if you if you if you know what you're going to see before you see it what's the point there's a safety in it and psychologists talk about that in the terms of you're dealing with the you kind of like remove your anxiety when you know the ending yeah and yes, the, the mm-hmm. watching episode, or, or excuse me, watching Rogue One the second time was much different than the first time, but it wasn't. But it wasn't a superior. A as I said, it's not a superior or inferior experience to me. It's a different experience. When you know the end, for me, it's like the emotional investment was much different the second time, knowing the end. Right. Because I already know the fate of all these characters, and I know I'm seeing them as they're headed towards the end. Watching Force Awakens the second time, watching Solo go through, sure, with the confirmation that. He doesn't make it, which I had guessed it before. Yeah. But it, it's not until, you know. It's confirmed little, on the screen. Little, little, little Benji there is like, hey, Dad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so the second time, it, it is very different as you're watching him mm-hmm. through these scenes and going, oh, yeah, this is the last time he'll be with Leia. This is, you know, that sort of thing. But I don't think understand. That's I don't part understand of the, the reason of knowing no, oh, yeah. that people want to know. There's a lot of people that they don't want. Especially now as we see this kind of cynical society that wants their entertainment their way. Yeah. It, what's the first... Yeah, I really love Stranger Things, but here's 175 things I'd change of it. Sure. So it would be exactly the way I wanted it. We don't accept entertainment for what it is anymore. Hmm. We're not well, willing to accept it and just go, I liked it, I loved it, I hated it. You know, well, that's these happened with, of, with Lucas and the changes in the Blu-rays and the, and the... Lucas gets to change it however he wants. Sure. He owns it. It's his thing, and he has the power to do it. And where fans are like, "Oh, I wouldn't do that." Really? What's this? Oh, it's my fan edit of Episode Four, so make it better. Right? Like, no, you are doing it. We're all kind of. We have this ability to change entertainment, and and change it in our way. We used to just do it with headcanon. Yeah. You know, there were certain things that we accepted and certain things we didn't. We talked about this with GI Joe like crazy. Mm -hmm. There's a headcanon for the original IDW because in the uh, the first Infestation um, 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 crossover. Which was the zombies versus robots universe? Right. The the cobras find one of the robots from zombies versus robots, and that leads to the creation of the bats. Right. You read that, and you're going, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." But in your head canon, no, it's Doctor Mindbender or whatever came up with the bats. Yeah. And that's why they can't perfect the perfect the program. So it, it's it's just kind of a funny little aside, but it's not right there in the main book, and you just go, okay, I can take that out of that sort of thing. Well, we changed. I mean, even uh, Gareth Edwards said that when they went back to build the the uh, star destroyers for Rogue One, that when they build them, they didn't build them just off of Episode Four, but off of how we remembered them from. That them. was the entire design sensibility. Yeah. If you read the visual dictionary, they said the same thing with the pilots. The pilots' jumpsuits are actually uh-huh. cleaner because he said that we built it the way we remembered it. Right. More so than the way it was exactly well, there. We, we have a tendency to skew that. Like, what's the line when Darth Vader tells Luke he's his father? Oh, I know that. Ethan, what's the line? Ethan doesn't watch Star Wars. Luke, I am your father. No. It's he says, not. No, I am your father. Right, but everybody's It's the most misquoted line in the Star Wars universe. Yep. He never says, Luke, I'm your father. He says, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's it. And it's yeah, you know, it's great. You can just kill people at a bar. Oh, yeah. I'll bet you 50 bucks I can get the line better than you can. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, no, you remember things like that. There's there's different pieces. There's something else I had like that, too, where there was a line I remembered completely differently. I've been, like, paraphrasing it for 20 years. Yeah, but it's... You're like, <laughs> but it oh, happens. crap. That's, that's the other... Yeah, but that's different than going... Like, Luke, when in the first... When he first... He's the first one who says, I've got a bad feeling about this. But he doesn't say, I have a bad feeling about this. He says, I have a very bad feeling about this. So, it, but it's a line that, because it's said so much in the Star Wars universe, says, I have mm. a bad feeling about this, everybody always remembers it as a bad feeling instead of very bad. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it brings us back to Logan. Logan. We, we've talked about this before, of oh, either out. giving away too much, because this one did give away a really cool moment with that ties into the comic books, basically. Yeah, it's not like five seconds of it. Yeah. I saw her in the convenience store, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. And so I didn't. I'm like, the movie's two months away. Three months away. Three months yeah. away. March? March. March. Two yeah. months away. It's two months away. Yeah. Like, what? What? We, can't I just wait eight weeks and go yeah. see the damn film? The first trailer was great, because it gives you a sense of tone. Mm-hmm. A, a sense, sense of, of the style, because of the grittiness of the style, uh-huh. and the way that it's shot, and it's very bright, and, and hard edges and everything. Excuse me. Confirms that Professor X is in it. Yep. Confirms there's a girl. Yep. And that's it. And leave if you would have left it at that. There's and really not nothing else in there. You you would have speculated that it was X twenty three. Yeah, you see uh some thugs. Yeah. You don't know who the bad guy really is. You know, they don't show you whether it's Sabretooth or the blob or Magneto or anything. Right. And I'm like I get to the end of that trailer and I liked the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Origins I can give or take. I don't hate it as much as other people hate it, but it's not a good right. film. I was super excited after that trailer. The music in it's great. Yeah. The way it looked, the way it's shot. I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. It's old man Logan without being old man, old man Logan. Yeah, it's it's Logan as an old man. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, there's, there's a ton of changes they have to make, but it's still got that same feeling and tone and idea to it. Uh-huh. That's where, you know, but the talk question so much is, about Star Wars, of Star Wars being in the right tone, in the right idea, in the right feel. It had the right feel to me for a movie that, that I wanted, but then, now it's like I gotta know everything, and it's just, ugh. But mm-hmm. are you going to go into a media blackout basically the last month of, before the movie? Because yeah, I did, I did the same. I didn't watch a single TV spot from Rogue One. But even with your your Facebook threads, that you know, like yeah, well, the Super video. Bowl, you know, there's going to be a commercial or, or two. Yeah, but it's probably going to be the same one. Hi. We hope. But there'll be TV spots. There'll be this, that, and the other that pop up. So, I mean, it makes it very hard now, if you want to avoid it, to avoid it unless you go sit yourself yeah. inside a bubble. Bubble. I just keep seeing you as a samurai right now. Man with, bun. With the man bun. Either that, either that or a sumo wrestler. Ethan with his man bun. Um, okay, you brought up the Power Rangers trailer. Did you watch the Power Rangers trailer? I did. You did? Yeah. Now you're Is it all in. Is it? You're going to go buy the Zords right now. Well, that was my question. Was because the first trailer you were kind of yeah. This yeah, trailer, it, the first trailer looked at the first trailer and went eh. <laughs> but but for something like this, does it make it better knowing seeing more of the of the movie? I think it does a good job of giving you more about what the movie is going to be, without giving you everything. Because this one we got so. to see, we got to see. I, I forget their names. The ro- you guys see the little robot, Alpha, yeah. Alpha, and you hear its voice, mm-hmm. and you got to see uh, Zordon, Zordon, Brian Cranston, yes. Playing, which that I'm still kind of on the fence with because it just makes him look really digitized rather than 
um, uh, you know, a floating head, yeah, yeah, like a floating head. But you know, with them, with the fact that everything else is kind of in that sense, you know, mm-hmm. like their suits, the way they morph and things like that, it's like more of a digitized right thing. Is two hours of the film going to be them morphing? Because I know that was like 45 minutes of every episode. Was them doing the moves? One, two, dino power! And then like dabbing and moving. Obviously the whole plot of every episode was, hey, we're hanging out at this this youth center because we don't go to school. And we're just hanging out here. Then Zordon calls us. We morph. We go fight a bad guy. Then they go. We lose. We lose. No, well, we go fight a bad guy. In the middle of our fight, Rita makes the bad guy grow. Then we have to call the Zords. Then we got in the Zords, make the Megazord, and then the Megazord shoots him down with the sword, yeah, and never, that's it. I never understood why they ever fought as humans. It just didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it just goes straight to the Zord. Yeah, right. I was like, okay, I don't understand this. No, um, it's, it's funny, and it's it's really weird. And I, I kind of was thinking about this when I was uh, thinking it over, but... Like, I can still watch episodes of the 93 show and still enjoy watching them. But is that more out of nostalgia than anything else? I think that's what it is. And I think it's it's like watching G.I. Joe. That's what I was going to ask you guys. Because you know how bad the show or how campy the show is. Can you guys still sit and like watch an episode of G.I. Joe and still enjoy watching it? We did. Uh, And we would text message each other. We enjoyed it for a different reason. We enjoy it because it's so effing terrible. For me, I. I was never a fan of the show and, and ever thinking it was good. Right. When I was a kid, because I was so immersed in, in the comic book, which was more, quote-unquote, realistic, or right. whatever, had a harder edge to it, but more importantly, the the stories that my brother and I would create using the figures were much more down-to-earth, mm-hmm. much more very military-type. I mean, it used to be, we, we had missions where it was just recon. Well, I think a lot we of people did up, that. When you know, I think a lot of people were doing the cartoon. You think so? Oh, yeah. It was it was the cartoon, and it was mashed. Like, when I was a kid, you didn't mash up anything. Like, I had yeah. friends who wanted, you know, Luke Skywalker's on G.I. No, Joe no, all no, of a sudden. No. Like, no, 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 no. No, that, that, that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Remove your X-Wing from the Sky Striker. <laughs> now we do that all the time. It's right. awesome. I got pictures of Destro building a Scout Walker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah, it, yeah, you always kept them separate. But so... The, the, the watching it now through those glasses is the same glasses I watched then. I never really enjoyed it for what right. it was. I always knew it was dumb. Just now you <laughs> notice a lot, lot more. Yeah, well, you don't remember as much. Like, how you break out the window as a C-130 at 35,000 feet? <laughs> Wait, Starscream just up. changed colors right in yeah, the middle of the scene. What? Sky Striker just goes like crazy. Um, like I was sitting, I was watching an episode the other day, and he's like building something, and I was like, you can't make that from that. <laughs> it's like, but as a kid, you're like, oh, he's just really smart. He's Sweet, like, here we go. He's like, oh. I, I'm wondering. My question is going to be in terms of the movie because I'm not going to see it because I don't care. Mm. Uh, Do you I think know, you'll ever see it? No, I'd never watched Power Rangers. Okay, I might have saw two episodes, three episodes yeah. of Power Rangers. Everyone mm. thought I'd like it because they were Zords were the... dinosaurs, and I'm like, yeah, they're, they're, you're, the Zords are in it for five seconds, right? Mm. And it by that point, I realized it was exactly like Voltron, which is. Yes. Here's all the human stuff. Okay. Here now the creature attacks. All right. Now we got to go to the lions, which for some reason are in five different parts of the earth, <laughs> and then we're gonna fight the road beast as the lions, and we're gonna lose every freaking time. Uh-huh. And then they form Voltron, and then they lose, and then they make the sword, and then they win. Right. And I'm just waiting for that episode where Paige is like Keith, let's just make Voltron in the sword. No, Paige, we have to fight it as the lions. Why? Cause okay. <laughs> Did you notice that there, there's Voltron toys out now? 
Well, yeah, because it's a whole new series on Netflix. Yeah. New, uh, yeah. Supposedly, but it's, it's fantastic. Season, it's season two, though. Season, season two just came out. Just came out. Yeah. yeah, season one's been out for a little while. <laughs> well, Mikey is kind of disappointed by it. And well, being yeah, a big Voltron I'm not, fan. I'm he not is. sure. I'm not sure what Mikey wanted for. But I'm wondering because I noticed with the first Transformers uh, movie, the Michael Bay movie, mm-hmm. they transform a lot for no reason. Yes. Just because, like, hey, it's Transformers. Yeah. Let's keep transforming for no reason. I wonder how many times they morph in that film. It's a good Once question. Once they get the yeah. thing, you know, this is going to be. I'm morphing power T Rex red sword killing dude. I killed my roommate. Ah! And then wow. they're like, hey, this suit is great. Back to a human. And then get into it and get into the fight. And then they yeah. lose and then back to the human. And then they get into it. I'm just wondering because it was like Transformers. I think they really went out of the way going, if we don't make this thing transform, Optimus tr- transforms like 45 times. Right. Uh-huh. In the so first does five Bumblebee. 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 Bumblebee can't. Bumblebee's multiple personality disorder. Extends to the idea that he can't figure out whether he's a car or a robot. Going from the yeah. bug to the old Camaro to the well, new Camaro. No, it's just like I'm a Camaro, and then I'm a different Camaro. I'm a Camaro robot, robot Camaro, robot gray Camaro, yellow Camaro, robot, robot Camaro, robot, robot. And it's like we're only five seconds into the film. <laughs> like what the hell just happened here? Right. Uh, so that's the only interesting thing that I want to know from people that go see the movie is how many times. Do they actually morph into the suits or whatever? Because yeah. I got a feeling they're gonna find whatever excuse they can. No, and I think to morph even the, the '95 movie, um, they they do it quite a bit. Yeah. You know, I think with, with the exception of like the part where they lose their power, you see them in the most human form, basically. But the majority of the time, that movie, they're either you know in their suits or they're in like the ninja suits, you know, things like that. Yeah, so. like, hey, so, we actually get to be in the suits. Yeah. Do you we'll like the fact that it's it's not as campy as the original? Oh, it's probably still going to be as campy. Well, that, what they're saying is, I mean, the first trailer looked like it was going to be very dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. Now, the, with this one, you see that it's it's well, I don't like I dark see it, and I, so much as just like more because even, even Alpha's a little mm-hmm. funny. I th- well, he was always like the comedic relief even on the yeah. show. Yeah, but he's not but, like this anymore. He was. Yeah. He he wasn't Bill Hader like really piling yeah. on the voice, but yeah, he he was. Uh... Why can't Bill Hader do stuff on his Alpha Five? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that so much. Okay. Angel Rita's, Rita's, Rita's Angel. greatest. But what do they call the bad guys? It's Rita. Rita. No, but what? Uh, where the monsters have a name? Like there's the putties. Okay, so now, yeah. like in Voltron, everything was a robeast. Yeah, like they were all robeast. So yeah, the like little like henchmen that they okay. fought all the time were Rita's putties. hottest robeast is. <laughs> He's got everything: horns, spitting fire, someone on his neck that tells him what to do. <laughs> Dan Cortez. Dan Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 10 people in America who remember who Dan Cortez is, and one of them is not his mother. Holy crap. But it's seeing the second And trailer. the password is midget on a bicycle. <laughs> Diabetic. New York Diabetes. Andrew Gross minus two park. <laughs> but uh, seeing the second trailer, it does, it does give you a feel of a good action movie. Yes. So, you know, like I see it as, I still see it as like the Breakfast Club meets Power Rangers, but with the <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, they do have to go to a Saturday class. Don't yeah, they? Well, they're in detention. That's where. That's where. <laughs> don't you forget about Zords? <laughs> don't you morph without me? Well, no. The very last scene of the movie is them all jumping in the air like <laughs> at the goalpost. You're, you might be right. I mean, knowing that type of, <laughs> that type of film. But it, mm. seeing the second, I trailer, like that better than it, it's Power Rangers meets Twilight, right. which will everybody yeah, was that saying. would be horrible. But uh, that first trailer was yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, the scene. Why is Tommy shirtless the, again? 
<laughs> so, um, another thing that, I mean, DC's Powerless is getting ready to start up. Mm-hmm. And that was it's the hardest right turn. I know. <laughs> but, it, but it does kind of work out because... <laughs> because does first... it work out because you just, like, totally in, interrupted Ethan? <laughs> This, well, DC's powerless. Moving it along, you know. But DC's powerless. Why don't you just tell those... him to shut up? <laughs> shut up. Like, Ethan, shut up. DC's powerless <laughs> is a new show that's going to fail on NBC. Do you think it is? Oh, yeah. There's no way. How many times has NBC tried to do a superhero show? No way. The first time you see the... the I know I know. The... you think anything that Alan Tudyk touches um... is this gigantic gold nugget of just amazingness. But there's a lot of cool stuff that's in it. Like, uh, Star is going to be in it. It doesn't mean anything in a kind of a farcical <laughs> it's gonna, show. It's going to be totally connected. farcical. It's weird because it's not connected. It, I get what they're trying to do. There's two problems with it. One, I think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. And two, it doesn't look funny at all. I see. I think it looks funny. You, of course you would. You also watched Two and a Half Men for the entire <laughs> season. Or entire yeah, run. Right. Jeez. Um, like, right? Yeah. There's well, a reason why bad TV still exists, and it's called Rich. Alan Tunick does play... Patton Gardens. Um, that and who? Guardians? That and Guardians. It's the only reason that movie was a success. Because Rich. Oh, oh, no. I was like, what? no. Cause... All right, this is English. The context <laughs> of that and Guardians, was, my thing was bad TV exists because of Rich. That would be like that, and we have to find somebody else who watches bad TV. That's. <laughs> <sighs> so, anyways. That's me. Uh, Alan Tunick plays Van Wayne, Bruce Wayne's cousin, and he's in charge of Wayne Security. And they, Wayne Security builds devices for the powerless. I'm already out. For the powerless population. I'm already powerists. out. Like, who are the powerists? The powerless. Um, Those are the low-budget low Power Rangers. The powerists. I mean, like they made a big Superman joke. It's you know Ooh. Superman jokes. Yay! Um, stars. Speaking, in speaking it. of the new cynical society. Yeah. They they also they develop the uh, the anti venom for you know Joker, so for Joker gas. Yeah, because that, that's fun. And they actually showed it, which you know looks like the old Batman series type mm-hmm. canisters and everything. Yeah, sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds incredible. I saw one commercial mm-hmm. with a suit that pops up, yeah, and then someone hits him with a baseball bat. And it's just all mm-hmm. good for once. And it's like, oh, that's supposed to be fun. It, it, I. There's something about live action comedy on TV. I, I don't get it anymore. Are you even gonna check it out? Nope. Ethan, I might. Mm-hmm. Ethan give, watches give, some bad TV. I, I try to give everything a, a chance. Ethan doesn't really watch a lot of TV. I don't. <laughs> that's I really don't. Dead. What do you actually watch? There you go. So <laughs> giving it a chance is like saying, hey, what if, whatever Game ends of up Thrones. on, yeah, whatever ends up like on Netflix or something. I don't. I mean, like, I think Supergirl is probably the closest thing that I've watched weekly, and even that I've dropped off on a couple episodes here and there, like in between. So, speaking of which, did you see Melissa Boyette's? Uh... Ben was. Not is Boyette, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's Benoist. It's Benoist. It's Benoist. Yeah. yeah. Did you see uh, she was marching at the Women's mm. March in Washington? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> she's a girl. <laughs> With a sign that said, go ahead, don't, are you trying to touch my pussy? It's made out of steel or something? Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. And then... Uh, that's, uh, that's funnier than anything that's on Powerless. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. 
<laughs> Probably. No, guarantee you that sign is more clever than anything they come up in in the first eight. Are you going to watch the Supergirl uh, Flash crossover musical? <sighs> it depends. Does the Supergirl episode have anything to do with it? I don't know. Yeah. Let's find out about that first. Because I'm not going to go through... <laughs> That show fails <laughs> on every single level. It has nothing to do with the crossover, and yet you you continued to market it as such. And then the episode they gave you, this is where they fail so completely. The episode they gave you was the ending of a whole bunch of stories you were following all season. Uh huh. So someone like me, that that's the first Supergirl episode I turned into since epi- tuned into. Excuse me, since episode four of the first season. Right. If it was just a straightforward. Some strong guy's trying to destroy Los Angeles or whatever she's in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to say Metropolis, but she's not in it. And she fights him and she beats him and then Flash shows up at the very she end. That would have been like, okay, that was... Capital f- City. Is it Capital City? Yeah. National City. National City. National City. That's what it is. Shows how much we watch the show. Uh, <laughs> at least it would have been a, a decent episode. Mm-hmm. But Do instead think- of having an extremely slow episode about killing aliens that are on Earth for some reason... Right. Uh, whatever's going on with Hank, the, uh-huh. the head of the thing, her uh, adopted sister being gay yes. and coming out to her parents, mm-hmm. a Thanksgiving dinner between characters that have all these different feelings about Kara, and mm-hmm. you don't know what any of them are, but they're all in contention. You have Jimmy and what's-his-face, Max or whatever, arguing about telling her about something right. that as a person who hadn't watched the, episode, the, the series... I don't know what they're talking about. Do you think they missed an opportunity to get people to they jump watched, on? They missed a huge opportunity. And honestly, as good as the Arrow episode was, Arrow suffered from the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a worthless crossover episode mm-hmm. in terms of marketing that series to people that were watching Flash, but not Arrow. League, but not Arrow. Supergirl, but not Arrow. Right. Anyone who tuned in to watch that episode is going, Moira coming back means nothing to them. Right. It meant something to me. Mm-hmm. It meant something to you. Uh, 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 Dinah coming back, Laurel coming back, means nothing to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Even explaining it within it has no emotional impact. Right. Unless Barry's conversation, or, or, or excuse me, uh, Ollie's conversation with Barry and and Kara about being, you know, like you guys are super powered, and your Earth and your your world and the people that you're fighting. This isn't a big deal. It is to be, that made a lot of sense in terms of crossover, right? Because it really sets who Arrow is versus the type of person that Barry is versus the type of person. But that wasn't Kara that in is. Flash? Yes, but that's what I'm saying. The Flash episode was very good. It was right. very inclusive in terms of what else was going on. That if you watch that Flash episode, you understood a lot of what was happening. Mm-hmm. The the thing between Dante and Barry was explained well enough, right? And but it didn't dominate the episode. The Arrow episode is dominated by the idea that Ollie is getting the life that he wants. Yes. Well, why does he want this life? Have you watched the last three seasons? Yeah. Because if he didn't, you don't understand why this life means so much to him. The fact that he's getting married to his love, who's dead. Right. Who he screwed up with in the first place. His mother comes back from being killed from Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these wonderful things are happening, but it doesn't mean anything to you. It's a terrible Who the love episode. he wasn't even really with at the beginning of Arrow. Because well, that's, he, that's what I said. He screws it up the yeah. first place because he's dating his sister. Um, Her sister, excuse me. What about the Legion? <laughs> his sister. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different show. What you, what you, Legion kind the of... The League one was okay. The one, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm just... It's... <laughs> Yeah, this the Supergirl Flash musical. Hopefully, both of those episodes mean something. Yeah. In terms of that piece, this the 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 Supergirl Flash 
crossover before mm-hmm. was fine because it had something to do with both those characters and it kind of set it mm-hmm. up. And it wasn't something that if you weren't watching either show, you're going, I don't understand what's going on. It was very much a, here's the bad guy. This is how we stop him. Right. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. And they, they just, they missed a huge opportunity. Those two of those four episodes were completely worthless for people who weren't watching that show. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I, I watched League and I enjoyed it. So we'll put it that way. Where Supergirl was completely, completely a waste. Me. I mean, it was a total. Waste. And the funny and thing is, boring is ass. The, but the funny thing is, and the worst part of it is that that convinced me I had not made a mistake by giving up that show. But you didn't even have to watch that show because when you tuned in the Flash the next night, it opened with everything you saw as yeah. as, no, the, as a crossover. The mistake. The mistake is even farther of. There really wasn't anything in the crossover, and they lied to you by marketing it that. Right. But if you're going to lie to your audience and market that episode as a crossover episode, mm. it has to be a good episode of Supergirl. And not, here's the end of four subplots that you've been following for 15 episodes right. already, or whatever, right. 10 episodes. So as and that as was the mistake with that one. And again, as soon as it was over, I said, if they were trying to get me to never watch Supergirl again, they did it. Because... Yeah. I have no interest in that show. So as far as DC on television, as far as live action television, we have, we will have the the Powerless. We have uh, Arrow, Flash, Legion. I'm watching two of the same and, shows. And uh, Supergirl, and then yeah, they're Gotham. Gotham. And you're I'm watching two of them. How many did you start out with? Uh, I watched, I watched maybe four episodes of Supergirl. I watched a half hour of League. Uh, not League, Legends. Legends. I keep saying League. It's Legends of Legends Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. And I watched maybe four episodes of Gotham. Wow. So it's almost like, it's yeah. almost like you start out with the new 52. Yeah, I'm just like, here you go. Yeah, within a couple of weeks, they're all, they're all going. And as far as and Marvel. And know there's one more coming because Jeff Jones on New Year's Eve. Jeff Jones? Excuse me. Jeff, Jeff Jones. Jones on New Year's Eve tweeted that there was a tease that there would be another DC yes. show on the air. And he was not talking about Powerless. No, and, and nobody knows what it is. Kind of rumor. People are starting to think maybe it's Constantine on the WB. God, I hate that idea. Or, rather them do something. I'd love to see them do Booster Gold. CW. And, uh, do Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. That would be interesting. Booster and Blue Booster Beetle Gold? would be awesome. We'd just do a cool. Introduce them in, in Legends and yeah. then move them into their own show because yeah. Booster would fit in Legends in terms of a time travel. Oh, yeah. You could do and that. Kind of almost working at cross purposes where they'd be like. We're trying to fix the stuff in time, and you just go and screw it up. So because they've already had Jonah Hex in in Legion or Legends. Um, yeah, so I mean, they've actually had him in a couple of times. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, Ethan, what do you? I mean, as far as DC on TV, what are you watching? Uh, Supergirl, and I catch a couple episodes here and there of Flash, but I haven't really watched of, it. of those yeah. of the the Arrowverse. Kind of. Well, I think cool. Arrow because I think I got into it way too late. I think I need to go back and watch everything first. But Supergirl's the only it. one that you regularly watch. Yeah, and like I said earlier, it's not even like regular. There's, I'm, I think the last half of this second season I haven't watched. Yeah, you never tried Gotham. No, I have no interest in Gotham. Um, did you watch Constantine when it was on? No. So again, uh, Constantine obviously started on NBC. Mm. Um, Supergirl started on C- CBS. CBS. Now, the only thing that seems to be working for them is CW. Yeah, because I think CW has a, a uh, well, good plan of... like Gotham's on Fox. Yeah, but I mean, I think CW has a good plan of how to make a good superhero show yeah. work. And so, you know, when, when they first announced Supergirl moving to CW, I was it like, fit. oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. Well, you know? But it's also because 
Supergirl is produced by the same team that does Flash, Arrow, and right. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, and le- that's how they were originally going to do it. And too. they did Constantine. Yeah, and they were originally going to do that even with CBS. Right. Uh, well, they 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 were, were the production team with were. the CBS and just carried it over. The only thing that really changed with coming from CBS to CW, obviously the budget changed, and mm. they moved the the filming from LA to Canada, I think. Toronto, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Vancouver. Vancouver. I always say yeah. Toronto, but it is Vancouver. Yeah, um, most everything's filmed in Vancouver. And then, of course, uh, Calista Flockhart left. Well, yeah, they couldn't because afford she her couldn't. Anymore, yeah. yeah, which was really sad. They had yeah. her in the first couple episodes, and you could tell it was happening, but. No, they did. They did a good send off, and it, it opened the door for her to come back too. Whenever they decide if they want to spend the money to bring her back, they yeah. can. Well, so. she could come back on an episodic, you know, yeah, term. Are you going to check out Powerless? I, like I said, I'm not checking. I, I'd like to give shows a chance. Give uh, shows so, a chance. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch an episode or two. Now, Marvel TV, uh, Netflix aside. Chris, you're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, correct? No. And you never watched it. I watched the first half of the Ow. first season. Do you plan on watching Legend? Or Legion? Maybe. It's going to be on FX. It's. I don't know. I've never really liked David Haller, but okay. I might give it a shot. It looks interesting. I enjoyed the movie, but... You know, I, I no, think totally the, different. No, I know. I was like, the movie, I think, does it for me as far as that character goes. So I'm like, I'm fine with not what? seeing Huh? The the movie Legion has nothing to do with the TV series. No, Legion is Legion in the in the the comic is uh, Professor Xavier's son. Yes, mm. who has severe multiple personality disorder, and each one of his his personalities carries carries a different power as well. Isn't that the movie that's coming out, John Mahund or what's his face? Uh... Split? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> that's the guy who played Professor Xavier. <laughs> Playing someone who has multiple personality disorders. Oh, I see, I see. Let's play Six Degrees of Professor X here. But here's the thing. We forget that sometimes the mainstream that isn't as connected to it will make some of those connections that isn't there. The yeah. movie Legion was about an angel. But wasn't it based off a comic? No. No. no? And it was Paul Bettany who played right. the angel that came down. So Vision came down <laughs> and killed demons. As an angel. From which everybody said spawn. that killed his career. Um, well, he was in movies after that. Yeah, but I mean, at one point he was basically everybody kept saying he's no longer going to be. He tells a story of how he was. No yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't. That wasn't the last one. It was something else that he did after that. Um, speaking about <laughs> killing things, Sony, Sony announced, or no, it was announced that great, Sony, the maybe, greatest brands like Sorty, will maybe uh, selling the film and television division. That seems odd. Doesn't it? I mean, I know Sony yeah. started as just like, hey, we make electronics. And now we have a movie studio for some reason. But see, here's, here's the thing. Uh, Sony just announced the, um, exploring the sale option of the film and television unit just a week after announcing the departure of Sony Entertainment CEO Michael Linton? 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 Linton, yes. I didn't realize he had a question mark in his name. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Rich. Hi, I'm Michael Linton? 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 But we kind of we, we kind of talked about this before. After the Sony leaks and everything like that, there was a rumor that thanks Julian Sony, <laughs> Sony Pictures or Sony Entertainment, the the parent company in Tokyo, wouldn't possibly be selling Sony Pictures. 
which is also MGM. It's uh, they've got a lot oh, of great. So now we got eighty five more years before we get into the fucking Bond film. Columbia, Columbia, yeah. What's well, what took so long between um, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace? Part of the reason was because of the MGM sale. Yeah, they didn't know whether they were going to be able to go forward. Here's a question though: Do you think? Because there's right now there's no talk of who might be interested. Do you think that Marvel's going to take it? No, no, no. I mean, more Disney. Who do you? I was going to say. Who do you think is, is the front runner? Mark Wahlberg was going to take. Yes, Mark Wahlberg. I'm going to buy Sony Pictures, okay? <laughs> yeah, I can make all those Transformer movies I want, man. Why? Because they're Paramount. I'm going to buy it from them, okay? I got a lot of money. Yeah. Once I own Sony, I'm going to have a lot of money. Patriot Day, okay? But I love Boston. I killed someone, and they're like, "Hey, that's okay." I what get a full you, pardon? Who, what do you think, or who do you think would be the uh, front runner to put? I don't even it? know what Sony owns anymore. I could see Fox going after it. Fox, really? Yeah. I don't know if Fox is big enough. Yeah, I think they get all that. They get all that Foxy money. Yeah, but they have they have MGM, they have Columbia, uh, TriStar. They have a whole bunch of stuff that used to be its own stuff. Yeah. So you want? Excuse me. But it also does affect the Blacklist and Spider-Man franchise. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking, thinking so, and Disney might want to dip their hat in there. Because then they'll be like, oh, we can buy Sony and then we can start Yeah, but the in. problem with it is buying buying Sony is... It, I don't think Disney wants to own 45 different uh, movie companies they might. anymore. <laughs> well, no. What I'm saying is if they bought Sony, I think they would sell MGM yeah. and the other stuff that's there. And remember, Disney would have had the chance to buy all these as well. Mm-hmm. But Disney has its own. Disney doesn't need these little sub side things now. I mean, Disney used to have other movie studios in mm-hmm. order to put out Adult Fair. You know, was it? Was it? I thought it was TriStar, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't TriStar, the Disney one that's like, hey, this is almost rated R. No. And then Touchstone. No, Touchstone was. Yes. Touchstone was there. Hey, this is rated R, and we don't want to show. Did you wish upon a star? Boobs, you know. And that was also Miramax. To, that yeah, was Miramax more independent. Was later. Yeah, yeah, it was their, mm-hmm. their independent thing. Well, Miramax was an independent company that they ended up right. buying. Touchstone was a was a studio that they started mm-hmm. in order to do non-Disney. So they didn't have to put the Disney name in front of anything that was PG-13 or worse. But don't the properties there, they own Ghostbusters at Sony. Um, don't they own Mission Impossible? Or is that Paramount? I think that's Paramount. Um... Now, there's properties that are in it, and honestly, it's probably easier for Sony to sell the individual properties, or those individual See, studios. Yeah. I mean, you could sell something like MGM to something like Universal going, well, Universal could sit there and go, we can do something Bond-themed, mm. you know, somewhere. And, and also, the Bond franchise is also odd because it's not because it's completely owned by MGM. It's a distribution based off of the, uh, the Broccoli estate. Right. So some of that type of stuff that's in there is simply distribution rights. Sure, I mean, but if you start selling off some of your 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 properties, then you could. I don't know, we'll see where it is. I mean, Sony may have to look at that and say instead. Well, Sony's revenue. Let's see. I'm looking at it right now with Wikipedia. It says their revenue uh, for the fiscal Thanks, year Julie, of so 2015 was 8.3 billion. Number of employees they have is 300, uh, 3,500 in 2016. That's it. Yeah. That can't wow. be right. That, that's on-set pro, uh, um, employees. Still, 3,500. That seems small for a company that big. The The divisions of Sony are Columbia Pictures, Screen Gems, TriStar, Sony Pictures Classic and Television, uh, Sony Pictures Home Theater, or, or yeah. 
And there was something else, I think. So that is an MGM. No, they do own an MGM, too. Are you sure? Because you didn't say it. I think they had MGM. Because mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't Columbia MGM first? No, it was Columbia TriStar at one point. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody look it up for me while I'm looking at this. Um, I can't move. I'm full of potatoes. <laughs> so many potatoes. So Those good. potato wedges. Oh my god! It's these terrible potato wedges that I was forced to eat. It's yeah. You know, it's because there this, was bacon on them. This chocolate chip soft top fudge mess that Ethan brought. Let's see. They also uh, let's see. They own Spider Man, Men in Black, Underworld, Resident Evil. Okay, one of the five things you just mentioned is actually making money. <laughs> Considering that two of the other ones just lost money. Underworld yeah. and, and uh, what's it called? Uh-huh. Here's a plot twist. MGM it's owned by Disney. is owned by Comcast. Oh, yeah. It's Universal Comcast. Yeah. So they own Universal and MGM. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bond is still safe. But Well, it is Comcast. So well, once Bond. they figure out who's going to play Bond. Idris Elba! No, Idris he's too Elba! black. Idris Elba! Idris Elba's going to Idris Elba! So they did acquire... In 2005, they did acquire MGM in uh, for $4.8 billion. That's 2005. Yes. So... They may have sold it off right. since then. But they also own Jeopardy. They own... Uh, oh, who, on, who, owned, who Wants to Be a Millionaire? 21 Jump Street. Who Wants Street. to Be a Millionaire? It's still on the air. Yeah. Like it's a daytime show. It's just not the same without Reach telling you what to do. <laughs> What's going to be your final answer? Is that your final answer? Pick, are you picking A? What's the square root of oh, four? See, no, they, 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 re, they did six. Skyfall. Yeah, Skyfall would have been early with it too. I don't know. I don't know. This is great radio. I know, right? <laughs> it's totally. So, but, <laughs> I, but the reason I bring it up is because of things like Spider-Man Ghostbusters and whatnot. Well, um, if you're selling it, you're selling contracts. You can't just yell. You just can't rip those contracts up. I no, mean, it's it's like free agency in sports. If if you trade a free, you know, not free. Excuse me, contracts in sports. If you trade someone who's under contract, the other team is beholden to that contract. Mm-hmm. So, but unless, can you see unless, Disney buying them? Why? Again, if Disney's not going to buy Fox or yeah. buy any of the properties of Fox, what the hell are they going to do with this? True. Disney doesn't want to put out Bond movies. No. They're not going to put out another Men in Black. So, do you think it cares about Resident Evil and Underworld or any of that crap? What about the uh, Sony Pictures uh, animation department? Who cares? Don't they, did, don't they do, like, the Baby Boss and some of those? Did you see Baby Boss? <laughs> no. Did, did anybody? No. I don't think so. It's not out yet. I don't think, it Is doesn't it? matter. Uh. <laughs> do you think anyone's worried about Baby Boss? Universal animation with minions, maybe? Illuminations? Whatever. Yeah. But it's just... There's nothing there outside of Spider-Man. There's nothing there that people are going, "Oh my God!" Disney needs to buy. Disney doesn't need to buy anything. Right. Disney made a gajillion dollars last year, and Disney's already got it. Michael deal. Eisner is throwing wads of cash into his grave, waiting to be buried in it, even though he has nothing to do with. You made an inter- interesting point, though, with the contract. Michael Eisner putting stuff. <laughs> well, obviously, if Disney were to buy Sony, that contract's null and void because right. it's not a contract. But if somebody else bought. Like, what yeah. if Fox bought Sony? Yeah, then you just... Again, it's... The deal with it is just changing money. Right. It, it doesn't have anything to do... Creatively, it would stay the same. Right. It depends... Yes. If you were to sell it, if that deal is 
what is it like if if they decide they want to do a Venom movie, it would be a Sony movie. Yes. And then they pay Marvel a little or something. I don't remember what the, the deal is so stupidly complicated. Marvel would make the movie with, but if no, if it's a non Spider Man project. Oh, not if it doesn't have Spider Man in it. It was like they don't have to include Marvel. Yeah, in Sony it. could do it on their own. Right. And then you look at that and go, "There's no reason to do a movie that doesn't have Spider Man in it." Correct. If your Spider Man's in a universe that you can't connect to, you're not gonna make a Venom movie and go, "We can't talk about the Avengers. We can't talk about Spider Man. We can't talk about uh, uh, Captain America. We can't talk about any of these characters." It's dumb. <laughs> hey, Marvel. So we want to do a Venom movie. There's no. Can, there's you, no, can we? Yeah. Put, um. But it's also kind of a moot point because it's speculation at this point. I mean, it's the second or third time this has come up, but it's one of those things where, you know, unless you have, you know, AT&T is looking to buy DirecTV, that type of thing, or Spectrum is buying Time Warner, you know. Spectrum didn't buy Time Warner. Time Warner decided to sell its cable business in most areas, and Spectrum bought it. Right. But then there was also talk that Time Warner may be up for sale and all their subsidiaries, which would include Warner Brothers. But that's, something like Time Warner is so big and yes. divested that who buys it? Right. Like, yeah. again, was, well, Disney will buy it. Why? Right. Disney doesn't need Universal. Universal were up for sale. Universal would be to sell, and it would be like a single person or Bill some Gates company buys, that, yeah, yeah, it would be something like what basically Sony was doing, which is as a Japanese company that was making physical product, right? Bought an entertainment division, and bought a bunch of other entertainment divisions. Mm-hmm. An entertainment division isn't going to buy another another entertainment division that's that big, unless they are. But a, you didn't no something that's that big, something like Universal. Yeah. Disney's not going to buy Universal. Now we have Disneyland and Universal in, in, in Southern California and Orlando. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Your operating costs. You look at something like that. If, if Sony's looking at it and going, we can't make any money, there's no reason for Disney to buy it. Right. Because the amount of resources that they would have to turn around and put into it, those resources are already being used at stuff like, oh, I don't know, Avengers yeah. that's making cash for you, Pixar that's making cash for you, live-action remakes of your classic animated films that's making cash for you why would you give up any of that for men in black right for underworld for resident evil there's no reason there's nothing there's nothing there because they got what they wanted in 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 spider-man if spider-man was still wholly owned by sony this would that would be interesting because then sony could sell that as a piece yes if if you know we go back three years or whatever if sony were to sell the rights back and this is one of the things i talked about if sony's out of cash yeah, and they just need something to stay afloat long enough for, you know, Bob's Discount Electronics service. Basically, to buy what them. Marvel did when they tried to stay afloat, they started selling off their properties for film, like Spider Man. Well, that's not exactly true. But I mean, because yeah. they that helped them stay afloat. To well, no, they what helped them stay afloat is that Bill Chemis and, and Ron Perlman bought them. Right. I mean, that was when they were in bankruptcy. It was. <laughs> the story of in bankruptcy is kind of odd because bankruptcy basically they got bought by a trading card company they got bought by panini mm-hmm. and then they turn around and bought panini like 10 years later yeah they bought themselves out in a way just basically like dissolving that company uh because it, it is like separate entities just like this where sony owns mgm but mgm is its own entity yeah disney owns marvel but marvel publishing is its own entity marvel films is its own entity within it. lucasfilm as a company is still a company right it's owned by disney but lucasfilm 
runs on its own under Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. She makes the decisions for Lucasfilm on a, on a, on a day-to-day basis. Ultimately, she has to answer to a Disney the money exec. Goes, yes. If a Disney exec says, hey, I don't want to make Star Wars films anymore, she doesn't have a choice. Right. But that's hey, we not... Don't want but, to do, but again, we want only to do Willow and Howard the Duck. Yeah. That's not what Disney does. So right. When Disney buys something, you're, you're more assured of them kind of going, you keep doing what you're doing. And then we're going to give you the cash to do it's it. It's not like Disney, a Warner Brothers DC type thing. We're even Warner Brothers DC because with Warner Brothers DC, it's, it started in-house. Yes. So you, you're not having – nothing that DC has published over the last 30 years wasn't under a Warner Brothers but the, but, umbrella in the first place. But Warner Brothers doesn't allow DC to act independently as much as Disney does oh, with Marvel. DC Publishing does, yeah. DC Publishing has its own president. Yeah, DC Publishing can do whatever it wants. Warner Brothers, the, the the head of Warner Brothers is not calling. Uh, all of a sudden, I can't remember the publisher. I keep wanting to say Jeanette Kahn, but I could be wrong. But she's not. He's not calling the president of DC, going, "I want you to redo Rebirth," and then hang up the phone. Yeah, that's that's all in house, and and most companies work like this. It's more of their film division. Than yeah, it's TV. them, and even film division isn't. They've been trying to have that synergy of. The creative people that are involved in both turns are there, and Marvel does that as well. You know, they've used some of the people from Marvel Publishing as consultants towards these films. Right. But it's not like, you know, Ed Brubaker did not write Winter Soldier. Right. He wasn't even a consultant on it. He didn't even know they were making it until San Diego. He's, <laughs> they put the thing up, you know, Captain America, Winter Soldier. That was, the, here's what? the sequel. And someone, like, tweeted him the picture and said, check out what they're doing. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Hopefully I'm getting a check for that. You know, that's right. He's in the movie. He's got a cameo yeah. in the film. But he didn't write it. Yeah. He, didn't have, he didn't have anything to do with it. They've bounced ideas off of someone like Brian Michael Bendis or Mark Miller or whatever. Yeah, but do you no think one's that, writing it. Do you think that with Winter Soldier, the Russo brothers kind of went, so what do you think, Ed? You like that? Should I'm sure they probably showed it to him later, but he didn't have a hand in creating it. No, no. At uh, all. I mean, that idea would have been there from the start. Yeah. So, the same thing here. It's not like because you have someone like Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is basically hired from the publishing division to help run the movie, the creative side of the movie division. Right. You know, not the technical stuff, but to help kind of steer it because he was already doing it for DC TV. Warner TV is different than Warner movies. Sure. And Marvel is Marvel's now done this, where Marvel TV is different than Warner movies. They now mm-hmm. answer to different people that ultimately answer to the top of the triangle. But you know, Sony is going to be whatever. Those companies within it are still, you know, MGM is still a studio. It event, it, MGM makes its own decisions. Sony, you know, the head of Sony in Japan is not calling the head of MGM going, more Bond. Yeah. The head of MGM is going, we need to make more Bond films. Yeah. We just don't know who we're going to do it with. So. We want that Stormtrooper guy from Episode 7. We hope he does it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an odd place to end it, especially since, uh, what's his face there? The bad guy is, uh. Christoph Waltz is signed for the next film. Oh, I know, right? I was like, uh, I want to change him there. I mean, let, let Daniel Craig figure it out. Well, Craig, I mean, Craig said he'd do the one more. No, he didn't. He didn't? I thought he came back. Out, uh, He's all he over the place. He'd do one more if he got paid a buttload of money. Yeah. Uh, I and I said from the start when he said that they were... Basically st- what Jennifer Lawrence said to do another X-Men movie. Well, when he was when he was talking about how, you know, these films are crap or whatever, and he never wanted to do it again, I, I said from the start... It's a negotiating tactic. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he's also, he's someone who very much de- absolutely despises press. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, 
despises press. I mean, he's walked out of so many interviews. He gets so pissed off. I mean, if you if you say if you even start to say to to say Rachel Wise, he won't talk to you. And if you actually get the whole name out, he'll punch you in the face. He cannot stand the media thing for it. And so I've I've said a lot of this is kind of a joke because he said that he said something about Star Wars. Yeah. And then you find out he's in it. Yeah. You know, he's got a cameo in it where you don't even see him. You know, I think he's just having fun. Now, before Spectre, I thought he might not have been as, as the, the vitriol might not have been as, as, as much as he said it was, but I still didn't think, or I still thought beforehand, I still thought he might do another one. And afterwards, with kind of what he said, even after, I was like, I don't think he's going to Yeah, do but at one, one point he did, right after it, when, when it first came out that he said, no, I'm never going to do another Bond. I don't want to do another Bond. I'm tired of the franchise. Well, he said it after Quantum of Solace, too. Yes. And then he went... And then he said it after Skyfall until uh, Mendes said that he would have a part in, right. in Spectre. But and then Quantum of Solace, because they took him so long to do Quantum of Solace because of everything that was going on in MGM. And then they start production, and then the writer strike hits. Yes. So they put together a film that was uh, uh, not reviled, but critics were not happy with it. The reception wasn't great. And he's like, we go through so much to make this type of film. And if it's not good, then you're so screwed. I'm, like, right. I'm giving up a year and a half of my life to make this type of film. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I want to do this. And this, the story that I was reading before Skyfall was... He told Sam Mendes, I'll do it if you do it. And Sam Mendes is like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to make a Bond film. And they kind of told him the idea and everything. He's like, ah, crap. And so he gets involved and Javier Bardem gets involved. And they have a wonderful experience making it. And Skyfall is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so from there, it was sort of, well, if Sam Mendes does Spectre, then I'll do Spectre. Right. You know, if they do this again, I'll do this again. This is what happened with Anthony Hopkins and, and Thor. He didn't want to do anything after Dark World because he didn't get along with the director. They, they have a different director for Ragnarok, and he's back in. Yeah. You know, it's it's this, those kind of things. Do you think that was kind of Natalie Portman, too? Because she said she didn't want to I do think one. Natalie Portman just doesn't want to be in those type of films anymore. You, you, but she's come back now saying that she wouldn't mind doing another film. Well, that's probably because she's tired of making, like, biopics or, like, super No, she's probably tired of doing Because she's so not... tired of being nominated for Jackie. Well, no, everything. that's the thing. Is I think that's why I'm saying that. I, I, I think that statement was... Her agent telling her, "Hey, people hate you when you come out and say, oh, all this, all this great stuff that I did that people love me for.' I hate it. Yeah, you know, coming out and saying Star Wars is stupid. George Lucas is a terrible director. They're also easy money picks. Well, that's what all these guys do. These type of people do all these films. Yeah, and they do these films for this type of thing. Woody Harrelson's in the next. Uh, is is, is, is going to be Star Wars. In Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Star Wars, I think, is different. I think people, you know, Ian McGregor was like, I want to be in Star Wars because Star Wars was a part of my life. Right." For so long. Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson's like, I want to be in Star Wars. He was a big fan. Yeah. yeah. You got these guys who want to be a Samuel said stuff. he wanted to be just a stormtrooper. He didn't care. Yeah. Kind of like Daniel uh, Craig. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have Mox Vancitos in a, in, in a Star Wars movie for five minutes. Yeah. You know, Mox, really? That guy? Know, right. You know, and then you've seen it with Marvel. Glenn Close does it. Uh-huh. You know, these, these actresses and actors. I mean, Anthony Hopkins is a knight. It's Sir Anthony Hopkins. Right. And he's in a Marvel film. But doing Kenneth Branagh is is directing it. I mean, there's people that don't. Hey, Patrick need to do... Stewart is playing a turd. Yeah, well, Patrick Stewart is an amazing human being. I know. I remember reading an interview with. Patrick Did you see Stewart. Ian McKellen's 
picture. Uh, yeah, he's got the, the face palm. Yeah. Patrick Stewart did an interview. I mean, this is all the way back at when Next Generation was still on the air. And I remember if it was Rolling Stone or whatever. But they go to his house or whatever. They go in, and the interview's delayed because he's watching Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> and he's laughing like crazy. Yeah. And you're like, you are, you're a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company. Mm-hmm. You are going at some point. You are going to be knighted. You are one of the finest. He actors. is knighted now. At no. that point, oh yeah, had, yeah. He's like, you are one of the finest actors on earth. Yeah. What do you? What do you? You're watching Beavis and Butthead. He's, oh yeah, this shit's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched this? It's so <laughs> dumb. Well, the stuff that with he and, and Ian McKellen are just hilarious. Well, the, the stuff that he did afterwards, and again, some of it in 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 the the stories that came up from Next Gen, like when he first showed up. Yeah. He'd never really worked with a primarily American cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he's very... You get to the set, and you're prepared, and you work, and you go. Right. There is no tomfoolery. There is no time... And the rest of the guy's like, no, it's just... We're doing Star Trek. Yeah. Like, come on. What's this is Shakespeare. <laughs> but it changed... They all kind of came to a level where right. Jonathan Frakes admitted, like, we started coming to the set going, we need to be on point. We need to be ready to go. Yeah. This is serious business because we really don't want to piss off Patrick. <laughs> and him going... Okay, I got to get back on the, on the ball, and maybe I should bring it down a notch or whatever. You get to a point where that final uh, scene in the next gen TV series means even more. Oh yeah, backstory. Yeah, because that was what he was going through personally. But the kind of I mean, he's he's crazy. He's he's so much fun. I went to see. It was the I think it was the fifth season of Star Trek Next Gen. They had. Um, a celebration convention out here. And this is before, like, real people went to conventions, right? You, you, fans actually went not, oh, I heard, like, some person's going to be there, and I want to go. So we <laughs> went on the day. The, the last panel or whatever was the entire cast. Yeah. And so everybody, it's Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, uh, uh, Brent Spiner, uh, Jordy, LeVar Burton. Jordy LaForge. Uh, LeVar Burton. Um, it wasn't Gates McFadden. It was it was uh, it was the other doctor, I believe. Will Wheaton. I think I said Michael Dorn. No, you didn't. And right. Michael Dorn and I think John Delancey was there. Yeah. So they're and Marina Sirtis. They're all on stage. Everyone's there. Uh, and so this this big ballroom is basically like an L where the stage is. So there's a side, basically off to the side you can't really see. That's the side that Patrick Stewart. He's at the end of this big line. And Jonathan Brace is speaking. He's like, you know, Star Trek's very important for all these things. And you hear people start laughing. And people from the side. And he kind of looks over and he's like, well, you know, Star Trek's very important. And, and Roddenberry had this vision. <sighs> and what's happening is every time he's talking, Patrick Stewart's turning to look at the audience that can't really see the front of the stage and doing toodles, <laughs> little toodle waves to them. Like, hello, <laughs> hello. And then he just got like, get straight laced and looked over at Jonathan like, no, continue. Please continue. <laughs> And he did that for like five minutes. Like he was having a blast being up there, and it was so different. You know, that, that's the point is people were recovering from you know Shatner and Nimoy not wanting to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. That geekdom of things. It's a very very that nascent little little egg that blew up into pop culture of people accepting the fact that hey, I love Star Trek and I, I don't effing care. Yeah. And people on the stage going, I'm in Star Trek, and that's awesome. Yeah. This is going to be a part of my life for, for everything. And, and someone like Patrick Stewart, it's very easy going, I have enough talent, I'm never going to be defined by this. Right. Because I'm also going to be Professor X. The and easiest now, and casting he's choice. Poop, he's a poop emoji. Uh, he's a poop emoji. He's a... Uh, oh, what's that Showtime Blunt series? Blunt Talk. Yeah. So... Which is amazing. Oh, that show... He's... I'm surprised he hasn't won an award for that show yet. No. And then he also does Strombo commercials. Yeah. <laughs> How 
Deshambo. <laughs> I um, mean, he's someone that doesn't take himself super serious. I think he also has like a girlfriend that's half his age, but whatever. Uh, his bromance with Ian McKellen is no, amazing. No, that's amazing. You know, that's like the, the there, there are, there are just... no, there's no greater. I mean, the, the amount of acting talent in that bromance is greater than any two people that you could find. Yeah, yeah. putting them together, and, and it's kind of, and again, I think with with this culture shift, you have someone like Ian McKellen who is never not that he was ever not accepting of being gay but being you know being a gay rock star i mean he's someone he's one of the world's finest actors he's been in huge films he's been in very small films he's funny he's if they crazy. did if, if, if they you did find there's a, there's a video oh god i can't remember the premise of it if they did the uh, uh, yeah, but it's a, it's a it's an acting class sort of thing it's like this celebration right it's, it's in britain and it's like Patrick Stewart coming out, yeah. And then you hear no, 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 no. And then Benedict coming. Oh yeah, yeah, comes yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and then Ian McKellen. And then the end is Dame Judi Dench. Yes. Just like no boys, this isn't how you do it. And it's always good. Dame Judi Dench wins an Oscar for seven minutes of screen time. Yeah. In Shakespeare in Love, you know, you kind of watch that and go, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that. Good job. <laughs> That's crazy. So. That piece is so amazing. You see all that talent. They were doing talent. Hamlet. That's what it was. That, yeah, it was, it was like the, David the, the Tennant comedian. Was in it. Yeah, yes. David Tennant. It was like a comedian or something started it, and someone goes, like, "No, no, that's not how you do Hamlet. Yes. That's not how you do Hamlet." It's a brilliant video, and mm. it's amazing to see that kind of talent that goes through. But you also see people who are it could be very hoity-toity. I'm an uktor. Yes. Right? and they're coming out and doing a comedy bit and doing right. it, you know, nailing it in a certain way. You've seen you've seen Dave Judi Dench and. Um, uh, oh, Helen Mirren. Uh-huh. I mean, do her her? She did SNL for God's sakes. Yeah, yeah. Nassim Pedron felt her boobs for like two minutes. <laughs> There's a whole yeah. sketch based on touching Helen Mirren's boobs. So she's talking about. I don't even remember what did we start with. We we were talking about MGM. We got out to oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Bond, and Bond, <laughs> somehow into Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Uh, wow. And we're also running over. Our like, cup runneth over. <laughs> I mean, the end of this one was really good because it's just, you know, straight conversation. <laughs> um, so let's just wrap things up then. <laughs> We're just going to cut it off and Chris is going to eat some Go more cookies. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So check us out on Facebook. Don't touch my cookies. <laughs> Who said you can eat my cookies? Uh, you did. You brought them for us. Oh, I forgot. Earlier. So yeah. you're an idiot. On Wednesday, we'll have another uh, comic tainting. Wednesday. I think so. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. And then we'll uh, talk, about, talk about the comic books. Yeah, we'll yeah. have it. We'll have another declassified coming up soon. Yeah, hopefully. at some point once you figure it out. Once you finish Rogue talking One, talking about the the Star Wars and yeah, and things with the, the lightsabers and then and available the on the app store. You know, yeah. Prepare. And then we're what? I'm obsessed with the way he says prepare now. Prepare, prepare. prepare. You, might, you might want to see a doctor. You've got the case of missile poisoning. And then what? I found, <laughs> oh my god! So my Facebook memories is like. Two, Three, four years ago when I was watching Commando and I was just tweeting quotes <laughs> and nobody could understand me. Like, a few people got it, but I'm just going to be like, the hell is wrong with you? What are you talking about? Remember, sadly, when I told you I'd like to kill you last? I lied. Yeah, I lied. <laughs> sadly, I'm not your problem anymore. Gravity is. <laughs> I'm, not your, no, I'm not your worst enemy. Gravity is. What happened to Sully? I let them go. I love that movie so much. Let off some steam. I want to watch that movie again. Oh, Commando's the best. Commando is everything <laughs> that you want to make fun of an Arnie movie. 
Because yeah. at the end, he fires an M16 3,245 times without reloading. Well, that's what I wanted to do. It's just doing a... Oh, God. Could you imagine doing a drinking game every time he, he shoots somebody? He kills... Until you get to the end, it's not that bad. No. Because he stabs a lot of people and he throws a guy off a cliff. Except for the mall scene. You shoot people in the mall scene? When he's going up the elevator? Because <laughs> yeah, you have the out, the glass elevators that are on the outside. Oh, yeah. You know what they should do is Which, make that that video like every time that a bullet gets fired, the, it speeds up the video. I used to think that shot was shot <laughs> It'd be in like the truck. Two seconds. <laughs> God, <laughs> you no, saw just, that video, right? The, yeah. The Star Wars. Oh one? yeah. They, they did one. The speed, yeah. They, they did one for the Power Rangers theme song too. Every oh, time they? they say "go." Oh my God. <laughs> God Almighty. Yeah, the opening is like eight seconds. <laughs> the, yeah, Star Wars is forty-five seconds or something. Yeah. Because I guess it doubles in speed every time a laser is fired. Yeah. You just get to the point where it's running at like 3,000 frames per second or something. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, no, but that scene with the elevators and Commando, I used to swear that was shot at the Charleston Town Center in West Virginia. Because they had almost the exact same you know, elevators that went up it's and like down. It's the Arco like building in L.A. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. But it, it had that kind of same look. I love those elevators when I was a kid. Um, no, I grew up and I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then we'll have we'll have uh, Walking Dead cast coming back in what three weeks? February twelfth. Is it that? Let's see. Let's. This is gonna be interesting to see how few people watch. This <laughs> no, I'm I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, you're down six million. Six million from the premiere to the, to the final episode of that first half season. Well, Usually I think every every season number. was kind of like that too. Oh, not the, like this. The season premiere. Not even close. Not even close. This off. is. These are the worst numbers they've had since the middle of season three. Uh, by far, worse than season or better than season two was better numbers. No, season three. I'm, I'm kidding because season two was so bad. But season two was the one that kept rising. Yeah, that's where you got you know look, 11 million viewers is not something to sneeze at. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, uh, any network show would kill for 11 million viewers mm-hmm. or 10 and a half or whatever they ended up with in the final episode. But to start at 17. Yeah. And go that far in only six episodes. It's something that, it, it, to me, that it's more fascinating than the oh, show itself. Yeah, because the first one, yeah. Yeah, you got 17 episodes. There's the six episodes, seven episodes in the first half? Eight. eight. Was there eight? Okay, so in seven episodes after yeah. the first one, yeah. You lose six million people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're losing almost a million people an episode. That's a lot. That's still better than something like Blindspot, which went from like 10, well, again, like I said, 10 or 20 to like three. Well... Well, the difference is you have a show that's in season six, yes. six, seven, whatever this is, six, seven. six, seven. Yeah, you're already established those numbers. You're you're already in that fifteen, sixteen million right. range. They've been consistent between fourteen and sixteen million for three seasons. Now. Yeah, six, five, and four, and you have record numbers for every premiere. Mm-hmm. Record number for this premiere. You go from a record number to something that you haven't seen in four seasons. Yeah. Four seasons. It you is kind of alarming. Slow. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's very alarming. And obviously they've had, they've they've changed. If you looked at our Facebook page, uh, we, you know, we kind of, in a way, debated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the, yeah. What you said, like, just stop watching. And I'm like, they did. I know. That's, <laughs> if you're going to get rid of the violence, I got news for you. Why don't you just stop watching if you don't want it there? And I'm like, they did. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> that's, that's... And again, the violence is... Violence is a catch-all word that they're using for, I think, the, the tone and the the progression of the show. Right. 
the violence isn't because people are like violence equals gore. Violence doesn't always equal gore. Violence can also just anything that's a violent act or through. To me, it's and I think if they're if they're blaming it on the violence or the gore, if producers are blaming the the, the rage drop on violence and gore, they're missing the boat too. Because I don't think it's that at all. I right. think it's much more of kind of my apathy towards watching these characters go through yet another season of, oh, great, you know, eh, somebody else is really bad. And it's hard. It's hard to kind of go through where you realize almost every season is the same thing. Yeah. We found some place that's safe. That guy doesn't like us. Oh, he's come to kill us. Hey, we stopped him. Oh, he's come to kill us again. Now our place isn't safe again. We got to move. Well, we've Let's talked- go find all the cars that still have gas. <laughs> A we, year after the thing. We talked about it on the Deadcast about how Negan's character can be very tiring. Because if it if he's always just beating down and killing people, it's it you you have no no drive to watch it because there's no hope. We talked there's, about it off the air. Negan is so there's a statement. There's no arc. Right. And as far as as far as we've gotten, there's no backstory. Yes. We don't know why he is the way he is other than I like being the real bad guy. Right. And enjoys being the bad guy. I think much more so than the governor ever was. Everyone's a lot of people are complaining or complaining, excuse me, comparing him to the governor. You and can I think have it's empathy so. for the governor in a way. In a way you understand. Yes. The governor was so much more nuanced because being in those separate entities and getting to see it. The Negan that we see attacking Rick's group is the same Negan we see that's torturing Daryl. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm fully admitting, I've only seen the first three episodes right. of this season. The shows haven't, I mean, I've never been this far behind and really apathetic towards watching it. <laughs> Except for the, no- the graphic novels, or the, the books. Well, I'm behind on the books, too. Um, <laughs> the governor, there was enough there when watching him in Woodbury mm-hmm. and feeling in a way he felt he had to do what he did what he was doing right. in order to keep his people safe, right or wrong. Right. Where Negan just seems to be, this is the law of the jungle, and, you also, and this is where we go, and that's it. It's just, it's constant torture, it's constant, I'm the boss, I'm the, it's Negan's world, it's my world. Right. This is it. And it just kind of keeps hitting you, and you're like, I, I don't need eight hours of this. Right. But you also, with the governor, you had remorse towards him and, and empathy towards him <laughs> because he had his daughter that was, you know, turned into a zombie, and he's trying to maintain order. And you could kind of see... He wasn't until after Rick's group it got involved with, with Woodbury that you see the governor take a dramatic change and, and become more yeah, the like way the that, Well, I mean, you knew... He ends up killing you know the, the National Guardsmen to take their stuff. Right. He's not a good person. I'm not saying he He was is, an opportunist. But, it was more. There was more nuance to him. There was more complexity to it. That watching him was much more fascinating than uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is playing Negan. Fantastic. Yes. Except it's a one note. But the, again but the character, the character again. can't have that. That type of character is designed not to have growth. I mean, right. he is an evil and character. Fine and that's fine. If it. you see that character as the bad guy, it's the emperor, and he's there. It's Cobra Commander. Yes. In the cartoon, it's just the same character over and over again. But you also don't have every episode being 40 minutes of Cobra Commander. Right. You know, or at least all the episodes that he's in. Right. Um, I'm sure the the, uh, the Kingdom episodes obviously have a much different tone, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, as you go forward. And I think that was kind of one of the... We've talked about this on the show. One of the ideas of this season was that the stuff you have with Negan 
would be a completely different tone than what you would have well, with that the Kingdom the or with or with Hilltop or even within Rick's group or the other group that you. Well, we talked about them doing that for the sake of you know dragging out the season. Yes. To bring out what is basically coming up for the second half of the season, and so start for the All Out War storyline. <laughs> <laughs> wonder what scene she just got. <laughs> Beth's in the other room watching Girl on a Train. <laughs> she just gasped. I'm trying to think. Like, I wonder what scene she's at. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, they admitted that they were they were flip flopping the episodes in yeah. order because it would just would have been too much. But even flip flopping yeah. the episodes and having four episodes be Negan based. Yeah, seems to have turned people off. Mm. Well, to a certain even degree. Beth had said, you know, she she enjoys the show, but Negan is too much for her. When Negan either calms down or when he's gone away, oh, he's not calming down. No, when when he has less control, and he plays a major part in like fifty issues, doesn't he? Oh yeah, that, yeah, not fifty, he's, but he's he starts at hundred. Well, hundred at least one hundred and fifty. All out war, um, basically is like. Uh, after that whole storyline is basically where he calms down because I mean spoiler spoiler on this one is you know instead of killing Negan Rick decides he wants to show that he has humanity left and so he imprisons Negan basically yeah so he doesn't kill him he just says you're basically stuck in prison for the rest of your life it'll be interesting to see if they actually change that I know I was wondering that too because you you sort of wonder how long Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to play him which which now going even further into the comics like um, you know post all out war and everything you know <laughs> don't bring those cookies over again <laughs> Negan does play an ultimate role in the next you know bad Big guy arc. yeah um, to help Rick's group basically and I'm still catching up on those stories so I haven't even got to find out oh, how the that point, works the point where the aliens show up is crazy <laughs> yeah the point, the point when Walter White comes in oh wait till you mm. get to that. Um, I am the one who bats. So yeah, we've got all that coming up, and <laughs> we, Where are we at? we're at one thirty. <laughs> this is an extra long show. This we've just been talking and shooting okay, shit. It gives, it gives Bethy more time to watch her film. Yeah. Yes. All right, so yeah, make sure you check yeah, out. I don't want to know what she's watching. <laughs> make sure you check out commentating this week, and uh, in the future, some more declassified and Walking Dead cast coming up. So make sure you check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Twitter at Nerdables Show. And on Instagram, we're Nerdables. So for Chris and Ethan, I'm R.A. saying hashtag Punch a Nazi. Does that go through? Yes. Say hashtag Punch a Nazi with it. Hashtag Punch a Nazi. People said that Trump took some of my people, my my words. Oh, they did. Oh, that was so good. Stealing everything. Oh, even the cake looked like Lex Luthor's cake. I think oh. he even quoted some of the B movie in his. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Space Jam, the movie that.